Good morning, everyone. We're going to start chapel by singing in the green book, number 19, I Will Call Upon the Lord. 19 in the green. Please stand. chapel. Today our four speakers are seniors and they're going to be sharing their faith journeys with you while they've been here at Goshen College. Um, so we're going to be having uh, Ruben Ng, he'll be sharing first, then it'll be followed by Gretchen Geyer, Dominique Chu, and then lastly Stefan Baumgartner. But first the living word of God says this in Joshua chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and take, tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men, and he had them appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And then again in verses 21 through 24, later on in the same chapter, it says, Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until he had, you had crossed over. The Lord your God did this to the Jordan, what he had done to the Red Sea, when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Each speaker today will be setting down a symbol that is special to him or her and at this table here, just like the Israelites set down these stones as a memorial representing what God did for them. For these seniors, these symbols are their stones, reminding them of all that the Lord has done for them. And they know that Christ is with them just as we know that Christ is with us. And so we light the Christ lamp in remembrance of that. 
And next year, I'm planning to go to Bolivia with Mennonite Central Committee's SALT program, where I will be volunteering in a comedor, which is a nutritional center. So I'll get to cook for little kids and give nutritional classes and vocational training for women on the weekends. So honestly, first, when they first asked me if I would speak this morning, I said no. I thought that surely there are other seniors who are better writers than me with much more profound answers. But as I lay in bed Monday night not being able to fall asleep, it hit me. I don't have all the answers and that's okay. And maybe it's actually better this way because I'm not stagnant in my faith because every single day I'm trying to have a better understanding of what I believe by asking lots of questions. But it wasn't until Goshen that I really started questioning my faith. Up until coming to Goshen College, I had attended one Mennonite church where I could on one hand count the number of times that a woman had stood behind the pulpit, where there's constant controversy over whether or not we should have a praise band, and where God was always referred to as a male. But I didn't question any of these things. Finally, I came to Goshen College and my eyes were open to the world around me. I have countless interactions and occasions that have helped me grow in my faith here at Goshen College, but nearly all of them come back to community, belonging, and questioning. A number of weeks ago, we had a sermon at Berkey Avenue Mennonite Church entitled, What Does It Mean to Be a Christian? And Pastor Dan answered this with the three Bs of Christianity, belief, behavior, and belonging. And by far, belonging resonated the most with my understanding of Christianity. Belonging can take many different forms, and I'm very grateful that for every, for every group that I belong, I feel that I can present my own questions about my faith and ask questions of other people's faith as well. I'm so grateful for the friend groups in which I belong and our late night discussions about heaven and hell or whether it matters if we even know what happens after life. I'm grateful that spirituality belongs in the classroom as well, especially to profs who can integrate spiritual health into the curriculum and a place that I can ask questions about how to interact with future social work clients who have dealt with spiritual terrorism or who have lost their faith completely. I'm grateful for Berkey Avenue Mennonite Church who makes me feel that I truly belong, especially by including me in a small group that consists of 15 to 20 members varying in ages from two weeks old to 60 years old, and we meet every Wednesday night for a meal in one of their homes. In this space, I can openly ask their opinions on varying matters, such as what do you believe about saying a prayer before Goshen City Council meeting? I'm often met with very wise answers from older adults in my group who often ask my opinion in return. Another one of my favorite ways to build community is through cooking with others. When you take the time to make a, a meal, it gives a great opportunity to truly get to know the other person that you're cooking with. I learned that as I make myself more vulnerable to others, they will open up to me as well. Every time I make a meal, I go away feeling a stronger bond to the person that I cooked with. And that is why I brought Extending the Table, which is one of my favorite cookbooks. Another important aspect of meal time for me is pausing just a moment before to recognize that I belong to God. There are many, many things to be grateful for, no matter how crappy of the weather is outside or if I just failed a quiz. When I remember that I and everything I that belongs to me actually belongs to God, there's always something to be thankful for, whether it's the food in front of me, the friends beside me, the fresh air to breathe, or a healthy body, the list goes on and on. I recently attended a church named Veritas, and in this, ser the service and sermon were very, very different from anything that I had been used to. 
But it brought me back to remembering the significance of belonging because for the first time in, in a very long time in a church service, I felt I didn't belong. It also reminded me to keep questioning. What specifically was preached that didn't sit well with me and why? And what did I appreciate about my church that was missing from this? Looking to graduate, questions of spirituality and belonging are often on my mind. What will I look for in a future church? And who will, help me, who will I stay connected with who can continue to help me grow in my faith? And how will I stay connected with God while I'm in a country where I feel that I don't belong, at least not at first? The important part isn't that I stand up in front of you today with all the perfect answers. The important part is that I continue to question my own faith and encourage you to do the same. Thanks. Hi, my name is Ruben Ng. I'm a molecular biology major with a Bible religion minor. I grew up in East Lansing, Michigan, although my parents are from Canada and Hong Kong, so none of my relatives uh, actually live in the U.S. So I've been told it's my last year here at Goshen, um, <laughs> which implies I'll be doing something after. Right, um, at the moment that's a little uncertain, to say the, to say the least. Uh, I'd like to study paleontology at a graduate level somewhere, but I might also take a year to do salt. But the future aside, let's look at the past. Um, <laughs> Over three months ago, when I first agreed to share my faith story, I was unsure of what to say. I just didn't think I had a lot worthwhile to say. I, my faith didn't have uh, any big pivotal anecdotes I could tell or, or major events. It was kind of a slow and gradual process. But after some thinking, I apparently had some inspiration because I emailed back saying I would gladly share my thoughts. As I said, that was three months ago. Um, so yesterday, as I was... <laughs> Yesterday, as I was uh, picking mold off a bagel, um, don't worry, I, I toasted it and it got burnt, so I think I was safe when I ate, okay. Um, I was trying to come up with something to say, and um, my, my focus was to be faith as it has unfolded at Goshen College, and I was finding that a bit hard to pin down. Uh, what I gradually came to realize, though, was that a lot of very important pieces of me that were present from the start really found common roots in my faith. I suppose at Goshen College, I've found that my faith underpins a lot of the things that matter to me. And um, it's a little more important than it might sound at first. Uh, one part of me that is hugely important is my love of music. Um, I've had a deep connection to music uh, ever since I was just a few years old and was poking at the piano back home. Um, here at Goshen, especially with teachers like Dr. Fashion, I've found that music is so much more than aesthetic sound and silence. It, it has meaning, it expresses like nothing else can. Um, really nothing com can compare to the feeling of being in the center of an ensemble as the music inexorably sweeps you away and you're no longer playing or singing as, as just one, but expressing indescribable emotions as one among many. It's really wonderful. Another key aspect of me um, is my love of science. Um, a certain level, on a certain level, I find almost every aspect of science very interesting. I, I love learning those details and the rules and those little, little known mind-blowing facts. But a whole lot more than that, I love science because it shows me the big picture. Through my studies of the universe, I experience an unparalleled awe and wonder. 
learning that clusters of galaxies themselves form structures, vast filaments and webs that stretch as far as our most advanced instruments can detect. Learning that about the unprecedented sizes that dinosaurs routinely grew to. Some, some were heavier than herds of elephants, and they themselves traveled in herds. Learning that the precise mass of a proton allows our sun to shine and life to exist on Earth. Learning that no engineering technique yet developed can surpass the complexity and efficiency of a simple enzyme. I could go on for a very, very long time, but, <laughs> the, it, but it is this big picture that fascinates me. There is deep meaning there, and when I catch glimpses of it all fitting together, I'm always taken with how beautiful it is. And I suppose the last big piece of myself is my love of stories. Stories are enormously important to me. A lot goes on in a good story, but I'm, I'm usually just concerned about one thing, the imagination. I absolutely love imagining stories, concepts, entire worlds up. I've written many of my stories down, but not nearly so many as are running around in my head at any one time. It's hard to stop. I'll just be walking around and I'll see something and my brain just grabs it and runs and who knows where it'll take me. Um, what I really love about making stories, and usually when I read or watch them as well, is that I can see the whole thing. I, I know the history behind a certain word in a made-up language or who the mysterious ruins were built by, even if the characters in the story never will. You might be asking, how does any of this go back to faith? Well, my faith had, for a long time, felt like it was pretty firmly grounded, you know, an important part of my being. And as perhaps the most important part, it should really connect to other aspects of me, uh, connect those aspects together. My faith connects me with God, and God just happens to have had a hand in the universe, <laughs> and in endowing humans with music and stories and a whole lot else. What I grew to discover at Goshen was that this big picture of faith really was the root of a whole lot else. It's from within this structure of faith that the awe and wonder I find in the universe has meaning and purpose. It is by this faith I have hints at the origins of the creative and expressive power in music. And it's through the, such faith that I can appreciate fully the depth of stories, of people, and of imagination all reflected in the greatest story, the one in which we live. This story is the most compelling and amazing story I can think of, and there is beauty in it down to the last detail. This is one detail of it. It's the tooth of a mosasaur. Uh, these were creatures that lived 100 million years ago, and they were gigantic sea reptiles. Nothing like them exists anymore. It's just one part of a huge and amazing story, and so I brought this to share. I like to keep an eye on these details and on the big picture. It could be something as simple as an unexpected friend or a moldy bagel or even the fact that it isn't Kenwood seniors giving their faith stories up here today. <laughs> it's, it's when we catch glimpses of the world fitting together that we can truly see its beauty. Thank you very much. Turn in your blue books to number 506, I Sought the Lord. And why don't we stand for this one as well?
morning. Um, my name is Dominique Chu. Um, I'm a major in English, and I have minors in Women's and Gender Studies, Bible and Religion. My plans for next year are very up in the air, but um, my hope is to attend seminary at Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary in Elkhart. That could be in four years, that could be in 50 years, I don't know. Um, as for my faith background, I was born and raised and baptized in the Mennonite tradition. Um, I'm taking a different route, I think, than other folks who are talking. I'm actually talking about spiritual lows. Um, and something that folks don't typically know about me is that I actually transferred to Goshen. I spent my first semester at the University of Nebraska in Kearney. And my decision to go there was based on a community and familial-based pressure to continue my volleyball career. But when I finally realized that I was burnt out and had lost nearly all of my passion for the game, I decided not to play, not to be on the team. But I ended up going to UNK anyway, mostly because it was too late to go anywhere else. And as an 18-year-old who had always lived in a Mennonite bubble, I was ready to experience something new. Well, about one month into the semester, I was ready to leave. <laughs> I discovered that making friends isn't easy when nearly everyone else at the university is from Nebraska, when no one knows what a Mennonite is, and among people that I did get to know, I was the political, racial, and religious minority. So in January of 2012, I came to Goshen College more cynical about God, the world, love, and politics than I'd ever been. Since now is the time for us to be rattled in our faith and our perception of ourselves shaken, I'm sure a lot of you can resonate with that. So I spent the first half of my first semester at GC hanging out with older friends that I knew from high school who were also, for very different reasons, turned off by Mennonites, by religion, by our shared home community of Heston. A few weeks after arriving back to Goshen after spring break, I was in Middlebury visiting a friend's home. I think we were sitting in, in a Mancino's in a pizza place, um, and I was receiving a phone call from a high school friend, someone I hadn't heard from in ages. And I remember saying out loud, she never calls me, something must be wrong. But I ignored it. And on the drive home, she called me again, and I ignored it again. So when I finally called her back, she told me through heavy sobs that my dear friend Garrett had passed away, that he was killed in a skiing accident, that his heart ruptured from the impact of crashing into a pole chest first, that he died in about three seconds, and that he wasn't in pain for long. I remember going back and forth between being the absolute angriest I'd ever been at God and surrendering to the divine presence that shaped my dreams for weeks after Garrett's left. For four weeks, actually. The first week, he was there. I could hug him, I could hear his voice, his laugh. The next week, he was there, but I couldn't touch him. The next week, he was alive, but I couldn't see him. And the last week, I didn't see him or hear him and knew that he was gone. This, I was convinced, was God grieving with me. And through this experience, I learned that I cannot believe that everything is part of God's plan and that at this moment, God was mourning with me. It was these moments where just weeks before, I was so cynical about God and faith and religion that I'd never felt closer to God, and I absolutely felt God's presence. Flash forward to the summer of 2013 at the Mennonite Church USA Convention in Phoenix, Arizona. I was talking to a dear friend and mentor from my childhood. He works at EMU, and he said to me, you know what's different about Goshen College? Goshen College students change the world. I think he's right. I could tell that something was different about GC when my professors that semester, when I was gone for the week of Garrett's funeral, emailed me to tell me, don't worry too much about schoolwork, that they, excuse me, that they were thinking about me and praying for me. I could tell that something was different about GC students when my floor mates bought me flowers and a card. In the very moment that the reality of my friend's death set in, I called an old camp friend turned college friend, and they held me, and he didn't ask me questions, and he just let me cry. 
In the same way that I felt the presence of God, I felt a profound sense of community here at GC. In 20 years, I'll reflect on my time at Goshen College and remember the community that I had here. However, I cannot think about the gift of community that I've received without thinking about the great number of students on this campus who may feel uncomfortable or even irritated listening to a few Mennonites giving their faith story at a Mennonite institution. Their sentiments are valid. Only recently have I become aware of the great deal of privilege that I hold on this campus as a Mennonite, despite the fact that I'm a person of color. To those on GC's campus who felt marginalized, be you non-Mennonite, a person of color, an athlete, an international student, a gender or sexual minority, a student with a disability, I hope that you can accept my apology for being exclusive and talking in too much Mennonite lingo or not hearing you, but let it be known that in all of your moments of frustration, feeling excluded, or for all of the times that you were silenced or ignored, that until you are fully integrated, heard, well-represented members of this community, God mourns with you too. If Christ-centeredness is a value of this institution, and we want to maintain the idea that GC students change the world, then we as students, faculty, and staff must have the integrity and willingness and haste to mourn with, share the burden of, and fully integrate the marginalized here in this Goshen College community first. Thanks. Good morning, my name is Stefan Baumgartner. I am majoring in music and minoring in sociology and psychology. My hometown is Goshen, Indiana. My plans for next year include participating in Mennonite voluntary service. Right now I'm waiting to hear back about possible placements, but my top placement would be a counseling intern in San Francisco uh, working with um, an organization that serves homeless youth. Uh, but I'm also open to the possibilities of, the, of other placements in Seattle, Washington, Madison, Wisconsin, and Washington, D.C. Faith. It's a hard word for me sometimes. You see, like other humans, I like control. I like to make decisions and to be able to be relatively confident about the outcome that will happen. I'm an organized person, and I like when I'm able to successfully manage all the aspects of my busy college student life. Sometimes, though, this control can cause me to be frustrated with others and impatient with myself. I am human. I make mistakes, step on people's toes, and doubt my worth. That's where faith comes in. To me, God is love, and therefore one that generously extends grace, a warm spirit that envelops me when I feel out of control or directionless, reminding me to breathe and let go of ex expectations and pressure for perfection. Faith, to me, has been a call to be more understanding, vulnerable, and true to the realities of my personhood. One of, my, one of the most challenging and most rewarding parts of college for me was when I came out publicly to friends, family, church members, and others, as in much of the Facebook world. <laughs> um, whatever you would call those people, I don't really, yeah. Um, before, my year, before my sophomore year of college, via a letter describing how I came to accept myself as a child of God, gay identity, I, and all. 
This recognition only came through the calming and exuberant presence of God's love that I am still learning to accept. So yes, I felt called to share my story of God's transformative and radical love to all of those people. Yikes. <laughs> On the surface, that seemed so unpredictable, reckless, out of control, but the strength I felt from God pushed me to accept the unknown and share the love I experienced. My letter served as an act of love to those I shared it with. I was finally able to be honest about the pain and struggle I experienced questioning my sexual orientation, but also to show them, that the freedom, show them the freedom that comes with owning who, you, who they are and extending love to not only God and those around them, but by extending love to themselves as well. That was challenging, but it was incredibly validating and rewarding. Person after person responded to my letter with great love and support. It was a blessing I was not expecting, as is the work of God. And actually, one of the most meaningful responses was not even directed at me. You see, it was a couple days after I sent my letter and my that my a, fr a family friend came over to my house to spend time with my family. While she was there, she gave me a special card celebrating being true to myself and reminding me that I am deeply loved by God and my family and friends. Anyways, then she had to leave and I needed to move the car because she needed to get out of the driveway and my car was there and whatnot. Um, then I saw, um, but after I moved the car, it was just outside of my house, I decided to stay in there just to process all of the reactions from people. Um, really taking time to understand what that meant, what all of that love, what, yeah, what was going on there. Um, <clears throat> then I saw my mom go and talk to my friend for a while outside her car. They were talking, and then suddenly they were crying, embracing each other. It had been challenging for my family to know that I was being so vulnerable with the possibility of rejection and hurt, and my mom was up against the same unknown that I had been up against. But there she was, crying not out of fear, but crying out of happiness and peace. Knowing that the people who mattered loved and accepted me. The love I saw between my mom and her friend was sacred, and I wept. Whether it, was God, whether it was to God or just to myself or to the world in general, I just kept saying, there is such a thing as love. There's such a thing as love. There's such a thing as love. And I had been fortunate enough to feel it deeply. Everyone goes through challenging times and it's about time we start seeing those who are different from us as people too, in need of support, <laughs> grace, and love. May love be always with you. Thank all of you. Um, 
As a song of response, let us sing in the green book number 14. And we'll sing all four verses. Um, verses one and two are written under the music and verses three and four are on the opposite page. Um, go ahead and stand. just thank you so much for this day and we thank you for every speaker God who shared with us the stories and that those really personal things God with us and you've opened up their hearts to share them and God we pray that today as we go out and the rest of this week and the rest of our lives that we would recognize that if we want to change the world it starts with being an impact having an impact on the people right next to us it's not always about going out to the far reaches of the earth but also just being an impact and impacting those who are just right next to us God and I pray that you would inspire us, Father, to recognize that you're always with us, that we would take everything that's been shared and just recognize your truth through it all, Father, and that you would lead us and guide us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can go in peace.